At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Mike Smith, one thing we didn't talk about, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we were just avoiding it because it went down yesterday, but we didn't bring it up until now, so I'm going to bring it up. I'm just going to confront it. I'm not going to run from it. Amy Coney Barrett, uh, yet another conservative voice on the Supreme Court. Uh, The court now breaks down 6-3 conservatives to liberals, and it's pretty funny and disingenuous. When every Supreme Court hearing, whether it's a conservative or a liberal, who says, no, 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 this is not a political, this is not a political position. I am here to, to view the cases objectively. My politics do not factor into it. Uh, we know that's a lie. But th- we are where we are, Mike. 6-3, Amy Coney Barrett is here. How do you feel about it? Terrible. Um, it was tough to watch last night. Um, it's much less a ceremony and more of a ritual, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And I know she talked a lot about uh, independence. There's nothing independent about this process or this appointment. It was nothing independent about the scene last night. Uh, you know, she said in her hearings, uh, her accelerated hearings, that she wasn't going to be a political pawn. How, how can you claim to not be a political pawn when at your swearing in, your wannabe king is standing right next to you. All up in the videos, all up in the songs, dancing, I mean, singing, I mean, literally lording over the process is the person who gave you a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land. Look who else is there. Look who's there. Well, that's who she asked for. That was per her request. Your man, Clarence that's right. Thomas. That's your boy. That's your boy. Uh-oh, that was wait per a her request. Now. Wait a minute. That was, I ain't that was per, her, per her request. Don't put that right? on me. You no, know, yeah, no. He's long been. We ain't even we ain't even bother trading him. He just got outright released. We ain't even trading him. Anyway. Anyway. You know what? And he asked for his release, too. He asked for it. <laughs> he asked for it. He's like, listen, I, you know, I didn't want to be drafted on this team. We didn't you know, shop him. Guy, we didn't so much as shop him in a trade. You know, you'd be like, let's no, no, see if he got a seventh round of four. We didn't shop Clarence Thomas. The black delegation didn't even try to get anything. We didn't want value for him. We just got him off the team. We just, just, just released let him me, immediately, you know. Let, let, me go down, let me go down this side road just a bit. Then right. I'll just, don't then go we'll, too far. I'm gonna don't, go go, off. don't go too far. I'm not going to go too far. I'm just going to okay. drive a little bit on the side. Yeah, because I got more. Go ahead. Then bring us back on. Yeah. Just as just as Judas took all Judas's off the table for his activity many years ago, Clarence, the name Clarence is now in jeopardy because of Clarence <laughs> Thomas. That's how 
That's how that's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. And all the and I like to apologize to all those who were named Clarence before <laughs> we 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 got to Clarence Thomas in 1991. Shame. It's a shame that he replaced the late great inimitable Thurgood Marshall. Anyway, back on the road. Back to you. So so what was I? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was nothing independent about what we saw last night, nothing independent about this process, nothing independent about her uh, appointment. It's clearly, a, a, you know, partisan policy and a partisan agenda at play. Um, while you have 62 million and counting who've already cast their votes, uh, we're a week away from Election Day. And... You know, it's just so, it's so discouraging to be honest with you because this is gonna get ugly. Uglier, I should say. It's gonna get uglier. When you look at the cases, uh, you know, that she'll be, that will be put in front of this court, that she'll be deciding, specifically as it relates to the upcoming election, no way in hell she's recusing herself from any sort of decision regarding her boss. Let's just call Donald Trump what he is to Amy Coney Barrett, her boss, the person who hired her. Uh, I want to read to you a quote that I came across. The the Times did uh, an editorial about the Republican Supreme Court. It said, in 2015, when the Supreme Court ruled that the Constitution protected same-sex marriage, Justice Antonin Scalia angrily dissented. Scalia, who, by the way, she counts as her idol, mentor, whatever. Mentor, yeah, Uh, clerk for him. That's right. Quote, quote, a system of government that makes the people subordinate to a committee of nine unelected lawyers does not deserve to be called a democracy. That's from Antonin Scalia in 2015. Mm -hmm. And the damage that... This party, Republican Party, has done to the republic the damage that Donald Trump has done in just four short years, but more specifically, the damage that Mitch McConnell has and continues to do is, is going to be felt long after, God willing, Trump is removed from office. His legacy and the legacy of the last four years will last several lifetimes. Just a couple of numbers that just staggered me beyond the 62 million people who are voting right now. 5248 uh, was the Senate vote. First time in 151 years um, that a justice was confirmed without the support of a single member of the minority party. 151 years, first time. But this is the other number. These are the numbers that we got to remember here. Well, this is just all part of the Republican game plan here. 162 new district court judges and 53 appeals court judges, Mm -hmm. which account for roughly a third of the federal appellate bench in just the last four years. So they may lose the White House. They may lose the Senate. That's right. God willing, they lose both. But, and, and, and and the Democratic majority... Uh, may grow in, in, the, in the House of Representatives. But they got the courts, and they got them for a long time. We'll see whether you know, we end up expanding the court or not. But 
that the damage that they've done and are about to do uh, is is catastrophic to, to to life as we know it in this country. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to consider, Mike, and there are a lot of different parts of the story. Everything is connected, and I'll explain that in a second when we get to what's next on my feed when I said understanding the other half. The other half are people that we usually talk down to, but I'll get to that in a second. I'm going to stay here with Amy, uh, Amy Coney Barrett on a couple of items. Number one, you mentioned uh, that great stat about, uh, or that, not great, in a, in a sense of, I want to wrap my arms around it and embrace it, but uh, pretty uh, impressive with the numbers, those numbers, uh, when it comes to judge uh, appointing judges. Donald Trump has appointed many judges. And keep in mind, uh, this Mr. is a man who has said he's done more for uh, black Americans than anybody since arguably, see, everybody slept on that, since arguably Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> right. And you can right. argue that so, I've done more. So listen, <laughs> right, right, I remember that part. I, 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 I that may part. even, <laughs> I, I may even have Lincoln. Quiet as his character. I don't know why y'all are sleeping on this. So, a man who said he has done as much, uh, it, 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 as much for the country for Black Americans since Abraham Lincoln, and some Black uh, Americans agree with him. Um, he does more for Black Americans unless it's time to hire them. Look how many judges, how many Black judges has he appointed? How many black people are None in his that cabinet? I know of. Yeah. How many black secretaries has uh, uh, press secretaries has he had? So right. when 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 I especially when black people who support Donald Trump and yes they're out there, the black people support Donald Trump and talk about all the things he has done for black Americans, I just say look at who's around him, and that will tell you everything. That's one. Two. Uh, back to Amy, if I may. This whole originalist line of uh, line of thinking, the same thing that Scalia had, it's bogus. It's bogus because you can't. That's you can't look at modern legal proceedings right now and be an originalist. It's either one or the other. Uh, you know, there was a great article in the Atlantic uh, recently where it says, "Okay, the the Constitution talks about an army and a navy." The Constitution doesn't talk about an Air Force. Is an Air Force unconstitutional? (laughs) Right. Of course it's not unconstitutional. But what the founders were saying was like, you know, you can protect yourself. But they weren't futurists. They didn't know that there would be airplanes and all the equipment that we would have in the 21st century. So The founders didn't didn't allow Amy Coney Coney Barrett's of the world to vote, for crying out loud. Oh, I was getting there. Thank you. Yeah. Amy, they weren't talking about you. We were we were three fifths of a person, and they weren't and they weren't talking about me, and they weren't talking about Michael Smith. So so that's one thing to keep in mind. And here's the other thing. Look, uh, yes, there will be a fight, Mike. It's going to be a fight, and it could be ugly. I do want to point out though, and this is this is like a, a a sliver of hope that I hold on to. There are many times that people have come into power whether it's on the Supreme Court or whether it's the presidency, and they surprise, they surprise no, their don't, don't even, don't supporters. Even do it. Don't even do it. I'm don't not even saying do it. she is. Oh, no, 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 no. 
No, no, oh, no, okay, no, no. Okay. I'm not okay, talking cool. with her. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm not talking sorry, about sorry, her. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, cool, cool, cool. She, cool. I'm about to say. She's not going to surprise like, anybody. That's how she got the job. We, that, she got the gig right. because she will carry out Donald Trump's agenda, right. the Republican agenda. She's the, not going to surprise agenda. anybody. They were hailing her for her pro-life stances last night. They, they didn't even make, they didn't even try to hide it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Who, who are you talking about? Uh, okay. Now, she's not going to surprise anybody, and neither will your real name is Clarence. Okay? Neither will Clarence. Uh, but it's just, and, and let me just take one, one more thing parenthetically. It's just almost cruel. It's cruel that you have these extremists like a- Amy Coney Barrett, and she is. She's playing. She's pretending. She was pretending uh, during those hearings because, based on what she said in the hearings, forget about where she stands. Uh, legally, she is not qualified to be on the Supreme Court. She because she didn't answer anything. She didn't even answer the layups. So she just refused to engage in anything. So I know she knows more than that, but based on what her responses were, you could make the argument that she shouldn't have been confirmed on that. But that that that, be, that well, it being said, it wasn't a job interview, so you know, I know it can't be, it can't be much. But it's it can't be much of a cruel. process when it's already rubber stamped. But go ahead. It's it's almost cruel that she replaces Ruth Bader Ginsburg and that Clarence replaced Thurgood Marshall. It's just it, it's really it, it it makes you sick to your stomach. But I was going to say. There was a great article uh, a few years ago. You know the name Robert Caro, C-A-R-O? He has written uh, many books on on Lyndon Johnson. And and one of the things he said about LBJ was like, LBJ was supported by a lot of segregationists. He was supported by racists. And when he got to the White House, he kind of flipped the script on those who supported him. And that because because Carol was asked, does uh, does power do, does power corrupt? And you know that old thing, you know, power does power is corrupt. Power corrupts absolutely. It, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely corrupts. He said, but the other way around, turn around. He got power and he used his power in a way that was not expected by those who supported him. And that's why LBJ, if you really were doing, if you were thinking this way of the last hundred years, hundred fifty years. Uh, who has done more for black Americans with legislation? Probably LBJ. But nobody expected him to do all that. That wasn't his that wasn't his profile going into public office. It became his legacy. It wasn't his profile. The glimmer that I hold on to, Mike, is that somebody, not Amy Coney Barrett, not uh, uh, Clarence Thomas, is somebody will have a bout of conscience and kind of surprise us in the other direction. Uh, you ain't buying it. Maybe a conscious, That's maybe okay. a conscious born. Maybe I said a conscious it's born out of convenience. Yeah, maybe a conscious born out of convenience at some point because yeah, uh, they certainly. What was interesting about the process, and I guess it was all a lie to begin with. You know what was crystal clear throughout this process, if you want to call it that, of uh, you know, since Justice Ginsburg passed away, what is it, six weeks? I mean, you know, now uh, confirming. Amy Coney Barrett eight days before the election. I mean, I guess, what do you, how do you deal with, we talked about debating with somebody who's working with a different set of facts. Tell how me about do it. You, how do you reason with people, with a group of people mm-hmm. who have no shame, who have no honor, who have no respect, who aren't bothered by hypocrisy, who don't mm-hmm. have any principles, who don't care mm-hmm. about consistency, um, who you can point out how they said, 
the American people should have a voice in the next Supreme Court justice when they wouldn't so much as consider Merrick Garland. Not, not go through the right. process. They wouldn't even consider him. That's right. 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 And now right. We, have the, we, have, we have people literally risking their lives to vote, voting like their lives depend on it. And they're going through with this process. And it, all it tells you is that it was never about the American people having a voice in the Supreme Court appointees to begin with. It was right. about what you just talked about absolute power this is not about principle this is about power and there there chuck schumer was like you will never get you may win you may get this uh nominee you may get this confirmation you may have a a 6-3 majority but you'll never give get your credibility back he didn't give a damn about credibility right. they, don't, they don't care right they don't care, they don't care. Hey, hey, you see, know, and, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do this, this you... i'm gonna do this twice mike i'm gonna do this twice i'm Okay, I'm gonna say it. Again. I'm gonna reference the same movie twice. I'll, I'll do. It. I'll save it. The second second reference for later. Later. Remember Heath Ledger's uh, legendary performance as the Joker in The Dark yes. Knight, when mm -hmm. when when Batman you know locks him in the interrogation room and he starts beating the crap out of him. Like, where yeah. are they? You know, where's Harvey? Where's Rachel? Where are they? And and the Joker looks up at him and is like, "You have nothing to threaten me with." Like, what do, what, do, what do we have to threaten Republicans Nothing. with at this point? Because they have, they, their Nothing. souls, their credibility, their honor, their reputation, their integrity means nothing. All that matters is 6-3. And Donald Trump did his job. Like, he did, he did an awful did. job for this country, but he did exactly what he was elected to do. He was elected to get 6-3. He got three justices through in four years, one from Super retirement, for him. one from death, yep. one because they kept one open, exactly. One because, one because they kept one open, one from retirement yep. during, during his tenure, one from, one from death, an untimely death, right before the election. Got three in. I believe Barack Obama got two in eight years, I believe. So, for a one-termer, he was as productive as you can be. He did what they put him in office to do. Listen, and that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. So you said you have nothing to hold over them. No, you don't. And, and here's the other thing. When you go to, when you convince yourself that you're right and everybody else is wrong, then you can do anything you need. It, that, that's all you have to do. You know, you can say, the, the counter to what everything you said from the GOP perspective and let me be more specific, from the Trumpism perspective, because it's a new thing, Trumpism. So from the Trumpism perspective, everything you, you just said, uh, the counter is, well, well, you have no credibility. Well, you have no soul. You have no spirit. You don't care. Uh, you know, you're, you're not righteous. So once you convince yourself that you've got the high ground, even if you don't, even if it's clear that you don't, it's fine. You can do anything in good conscience. For example, and it's been on my heart for a while. Let me just get this out. This one guy, this one guy uh, who was running for office, and it's, it's just disgusting. This is how, Michael Smith, you said to me uh, privately, we talk, we talk about spirituality and God more than any other show out there, right? So this is how you can be a guy named Doug Collins. You know this name, Doug Collins? Not the Hooper, not the analyst. No. Doug Collins, Doug Collins um, who was a congressperson, 
This is how you can claim that you are a Baptist, and this is how you can graduate from seminary and say that you love God, but when RBG passes, you put out a tweet that says, RIP to the 30 million babies who were killed under her direction. He put that tweet up and stood by it. Okay, so this is what we're talking about because once you convince yourself that, hey, I stand on the right side of this and I believe, I believe, you know, I'm pro-life, all this stuff. Once you convince yourself that you're right and everybody else is wrong, you can do anything, say anything, and even if it's as awful as that and it goes against everything that you say you stand for, that your faith stands for, so what? They don't care. You're right. They don't care. We could uh, we could definitely come back to this later because um, we need to sneak in a break. But if only it were just abortion rights. I don't you know. Obviously, I don't mean that literally. But abortion rights, gay rights, environmental issues, business regulation, and most urgently, so I mean, the Affordable Care Act in the midst of a pandemic. But mm-hmm. most urgently. So, did you see Justice Kavanaugh's uh, opinion on the Wisconsin? Uh, mail-in ballot case. Right. So his his opinion's raising all kinds of red flags because he's perpetuating this uh, myth, you know, that Donald uh, that Donald Trump keeps putting out there about voter fraud and, and whether, you know, right. counting ballots after the election can help. He's objective. Uh, Don't worry. Huh? Don't worry. Don't worry. He's detached Don't worry. from it. Don't worry, he is he is detached, he's objective. Don't worry. He is just Don't, he is just looking whoa, at it. Whoa, 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 in a, whoa, whoa, whoa. In a very yeah. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Very, oh, okay. I'm about to say of course. because Oh, oh no, no, you said don't worry. I'm sorry. I'm worried right now. My nerves too bad. This ain't a game. You're joking. My, my nerves too bad. I'm on edge. Like, what do you mean don't worry? It's like now, you know, the idea that um, ballots counted after election day could help swing the election. Like, wait, are you going to swing the election when you don't have all the results to begin with? You know, they, they continue, they, voter, the, the voting rights have already taken a hit. All they're going to do is continue to dismantle. You talk about LBJ, they're going to continue to dismantle voting rights brick by brick. And now you right. got Pennsylvania looking at this saying, hold on for a second. Oh, OK, wait, let's let's run this. Let's run this court proceeding back. And so I'm just bracing myself for th- despite the record turnout. This is going to, and we got seven days until election day. I think back to 2000, that was nothing compared to what I'm bracing myself for. We should be bracing ourselves for when it comes to the fight over this election post-November 3rd. Can I switch on you? Yeah, please. And after you say what you got to say, then we take a break because we got, you know, we got a, we got company coming, but go ahead. Well, well, check your text, check your text. I I, I just texted you something. I just texted you. Check my text. Check that out. Check your text. Oh, okay. Yeah, check your text. Check your text. <clears throat> so, and I, I oh, love okay. how we can do that in this show. I love how we can do All that. Right. We can kind of get down like this. All so, right. Mike, I'll, I, ta- I, I'll, ta- I'll take that back. Feed. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. I put it on my feed, Mike, that um, I have on there, understanding the other half. And this yeah. is fascinating because I, I, I mentioned these, these, these voters or non-voters, let's just be specific, are usually talked down to. So, um, 
statistics say that uh, anywhere from one third of eligible voters or to half of eligible voters in the United States of America do not vote. Now, usually what somebody in my position does is look straight at the camera and, and wag a used to be bony fi uh, finger. Yeah, I, I eat a little bit more than I used to, but wag a bony finger and lecture and say, well, you know what? You, you, this is your responsibility. This is what you should do. And how dare you? And this is the most important election of our lives and every vote counts. And I believe, I do believe uh, that every vote counts and I believe in the voting process. But based on what we just talked about, mm -hmm. based on what we just talked about, at least we've got to get to the point where we're, ha we're in conversation. We got to be more in conversation with people who don't vote before we get to the lecture. We've skipped the point that like we, we get that stat, 30 people don't vote, eligible voters, half the people don't vote, and we just immediately go to the lecture. I, I think the lecture, I think there's a place for the lecture, Mike, but I think there's a space for the conversation too. Why do I say that? If we're talking about Democrats doing uh, things for Democrats, Republicans doing things for Republicans, uh, Trumpism running rampant, we're talking about political corruption, we're talking about all these things that people who are hired, and that's what they were, who are hired to represent you, uh, citizen, and not doing what they, were, what they were hired to do and acting in their own self-interest, then we turn around and say, vote. Well, aren't we missing something critical in that conversation. And also, I'm not trying to excuse their behavior. I'm just trying to say, we got to expand the view a little bit. And one more thing I want to mention, um, the Poor People's Campaign, uh, which is put on by uh, Bishop William Barber, uh, really uh, just a tremendous speaker um, and, and a, a tremendous strategist, I have to say, William J. Barber II. But the Poor People's Campaign, he talks about this often, how in debates, we don't really address poverty anymore. Mm -hmm. And not just from people of color, but abject poverty that is taking place in the United States of America that is not even on the agenda when we get to debate. So we've had three presidential debates. I don't think abject poverty came up one time. There are 10 million Americans who are either homeless or on the verge of homelessness, especially with this pandemic. So. As we talk about our, our, our middle class and upper class and 1% problems, I think there's a whole group of people that, that we don't talk with enough. We tend to and talk. And that's with. all well and good. That's all well and good. With everything you're saying, I agree with. I hear you. I understand it. However, it's all well and good for normal times. Now is not the time for that. Now is not the time for that. And here's what I mean. But now I is the time for that conversation. Yes, it is time for that now, conversation. No, no. There, there is no conversation to be had about why somebody feels justified. And I'm sorry if I, I don't mean to misconstrue what you're saying. I was also multitasking because we are going to break soon. But okay. I, I, now is the time to be discussing the merits of not voting in this election. Because one phrase that has always bothered me is that elections mm -hmm. have consequences. You know why that, that phrase right. bothers me? Because consequences has a negative connotation. And an election should not have negative connotations mm -hmm. for our society. The way what that the election of Donald ignored? Trump has had. How about people I, I, who okay, are ignored, though? No, I understand the emotion behind it. No, I, I, I'm not. I, I told you. I hear you. And I understand everything you're saying. 
right church, wrong pew, or how about this, wrong service. In the 2020 election, it is not the time to withhold your vote because you feel ignored. Well, we just laid out the, ram- the consequences, repercussions, and ramifications of I having this Republican president. Ignored. Okay, let me, let me, okay. No, Michael, let's flip Michael, around, uh, Michael, Michael I'm, let me ask you a question. Let me, let, me, let, me, I got you. let me just finish what I'm saying. Let me just finish what I'm saying. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm saying if people decide because they feel ignored to say none of the above, Brewster's millions, and not vote in this election, and I'm not just talking about Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. I'm not just talking about Mike Pence versus Kamala Harris. I'm talking about down ballot. That's how Mitch McConnell gets to run roughshod through the, through the judiciary branch. That's how that happens. This is not the time for apathy. No matter how frustrated, ignored, disregarded, disenfranchised, as, as many a person has said, I think so you are saying that, but I think you're saying your that also from didn't the, matter, they would not you're saying try that from so a position hard of to suppress it. I think I'm you're saying that from a position. And I am too. I'm saying it from, from a position. I'm saying of, it from a uh, Michael, I'm not I'm not talking about the, the the sentiment. I'm not arguing with the sentiment. I'm saying we gotta set that aside between now next seven days, if you haven't already. If we and you Okay, still, how about this? If even if you don't feel represented. Even if you don't feel represented, Michael, even if you don't feel heard, even if you feel ignored by the Democratic Party, please don't withhold your vote because you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. In this and case. I wouldn't say, I'm I'm not, say I wouldn't say it's necessarily a Democrat uh, ignored by the Democratic Party or a Republican Party. I think ignored by the process altogether, by the process. So let me ask you this, because, I'm, you know, I'm going to vote. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take that day off and tell you right now. Uh, a week from today, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to vote. But if, the, if, if those who you say this is not the time for this kind of talk and they vote and they vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, how are they to know that they will be assured of a seat at the table when the seat has not even there's not even, the seat ain't empty. The seat's not there. So how are they to be assured that the seat will be there? Hold on, Gary. Is that a good question? Go ahead. I'm sorry, Michael. Yeah, it is That's a good, good question, question, right? It's a, it's a great question, but the house is on fire. So uh, I'm not worried about a seat or a table. The house is on fire. Okay. Okay? That's all I'm saying. We got a break. We can come we back to this. We got a break. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said five minutes ago, um, we're going to do a hard, we're going to make a hard turn to sports, and we're going to talk to a gentleman who I believe is the best runner in the NFL right now. He's also making me change deodorants. Check out this Old Spice ad as we go to break. This is Henry. When I break a long run, I'm talking long, long. That's why I use Triple Protection Old Spice Sweat Defense. There it goes. It's not just strong. It's strong, strong. It works harder for longer. So when it's time to eat, I'm going to eat, eat. Hey, Derek, man, you're going to be much longer. This is going to be a minute, minute. Derek, good one. Derek. With all due respect to the multi-purpose, three-down, dual-threat backs in the league, I know Christian McCaffrey's heard. I love me some Alvin Kamara. It's a lot of good backs. There is not a back that I would rather hand the football to than Derrick Henry right now. I, I mean, tell, tell me a better running. Emphasis on running. Tell me a better running back than Derrick Henry in the role that he's on right now. 
hey, that's just one man's humble opinion. That's just one man's take. Let's talk to the man himself, Derrick Henry, joining us on behalf of Old Spite Sweat Defense. First of all, before I ask you that question, you have succeeded in me changing deodorants. That is the best deodorant commercial I've ever had. I thought Ray Lewis had it back in the day. Yours, amazing commercial, so congratulations. You're doing a great job there. Are you the best running back in the NFL right now in your mind? Um, I mean, I think when you play this sport, you definitely want to be the best at your position and want to be known as the best. So I think, I mean, every day I take that approach, you know, to, to do my job at the best of my abilities. And, you know, people who, you know, speak on that, I let them speak on that. But my my approach is to be the best in the game and play that the best in the game. And I appreciate you and what you said. No, I'm just saying, well, well done, well done. Way to, way to answer that the right way, you know what I mean, without, without necessarily tooting your own horn. But I, I, I see behind that smile, you know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Derek, I, I, I've heard so many people, and I'm sure you have too, so many people talking about football who have discussed the running back and it used to be back in the day. No, you'd have three, four, five running backs taken in the first round. And now, you know, running backs, when you take a running back in the first round, people look at you sideways like, why are you doing that? How do you feel? You, I want to hear from a running back. How do you feel about the position? And do you think the NFL has gone too far away from putting the load on backs like yourself? Of course. I mean, I, I definitely feel that way. I think that, I think that they try to devalue opposition way too much of course i mean teams pass more now and, and things like that but i think you don't win a super bowl if you don't have a running game if you don't have somebody that can be effective to run the ball physically because there's nothing more more powerful or more you know just more dominant than you being able to run the ball with somebody constantly play out the play and they can't stop it i feel like that's more of a I don't know, taking someone's will, then you know, passing the, passing the ball, you know, every every other play, you know, just I think when you run the ball, you tire out defenses, and you know, teams respect that when you can run the ball effectively. As you know, the MVP has basically become a quarterback's award. So I'm gonna go there again with you. I'm gonna put you on the spot again. Uh, do you feel like people like yourself? should uh, have more of a place in the MVP conversation. Would you like to hear Derrick Henry mention more in MVP conversations? Honestly, I'm being real, give you a real answer. I don't think I've, you know, done enough to deserve to be in that conversation. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. think, you know, I have that many receiving yards. Um, I feel like a lot of things I still can improve on. But the guys who are in that conversation definitely deserve to be in that conversation. They've been playing well, this whole year I've been balling out, but I feel like it's a lot of things that I need to do better and um, continue to do better as the season goes on. So that's my stance. No, that's real. That's real. Uh, quick follow-up uh, to that. You know, not last game, but the game before uh, that overtime win against Houston. I think he had like a 50-something yard catch. Uh, so you've shown your ability to, to, to catch the ball, but is that just more of a function of the offense or are there just areas – as a receiver that you're, you know, specific areas that you're looking to evolve in as a receiver? Yeah, definitely. Um, I work on those things every day. Any chance we get, you know, individually in my coach, we always work on um, receiver stuff. 
just so you know whenever I get the opportunity in the game that um, I'm available and um, you know I take advantage of my opportunities but you know that's definitely a part of my game that I want to continue to get better at and um, being able to to make plays for my team you know to help us you know win games but definitely that's something that I put heavy emphasis on you know to be a better uh, overall player. All right, Arthur Smith, you hear right, that? Right. Split him out wide. Yeah. They got to split Derrick Henry out wide, Michael Holly. <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, you know, Derek. I, I hope this is not unprofessional because I'm going to ask you for some advice, so for some free advice too. Listen, I'm not even I'm not even willing to pay for this advice, but I'm going to ask you for this. You know, back before COVID started, uh, I used to play a little a little pickup football uh, with Michael Smith here, and yeah. I was like the running back, and he was the defender. And I'm just looking for some advice on how I can get him down the same way you got down Josh Norman with the <laughs> stiff arm. So, like, what do I need to do? Because I keep, I keep watching this. I, I'm obsessed with watching. Derek, <laughs> I'm telling you, I can watch this probably too long. I can watch for an hour. I just love it. So what do I need to do to get a stiff arm like that? So, um, first, whenever you get one-on-one, you know, with Michael, you just you see how he approaching you. You know, if he gonna try to come in and just and just spear you, take it, tackle you high, or he gonna try to chop you down, you know, and 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 knock you down from from your leg. So if he do that, he tackle you high. You just bring that arm out, and you just give him a nasty stiff arm that you you know that you can bring. And if he try to tackle you low, you you square him up. Look him dead in the eye, and you know, give him something, give him a little juke or something. So, so when he try to tackle you, you already downfield, and he looking behind like, what just happened, bro? So what does I that wanna, feel like? I, I should probably add this though. I should probably add a little uh, piece of information I left out. I yeah. curl about fifteen or twenty pounds. <laughs> is, is that enough? Is that enough probably strength not. to? <laughs> I think to get him. I think you get, you're getting to it, but eventually if you. If, if you can keep doing more <laughs> curls and up, up in the weight, you'll be right there. Bro, what does that feel I appreciate like? appreciate that. Like, 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 what does it, like, for those of us who have never been able to level somebody like that, to take a grown man and literally knock him off his feet, what does that feel like for you? Well, uh, you know, I was coming around the outside and I was one-on-one with a corner. So, you know, as running back, going with a corner, you definitely don't want, you know, be one-on-one and, and get tackled. You know, we take we take pride in that. And you know, like, like I told him, you know, it's all about how you know you think how they're approaching you as far as when they want to tackle. Usually, you know, guys want to go low because I'm a tall guy, but he stayed high. So when I see him stay high, then you know, I got up on him. You know, I just delivered the stiff arm, and by the time I delivered it and looked and, and looked at him when he was on the ground, I was already out of bounds because I was trying to you know be so effective when I threw the stiff arm. It was a lot of fun to watch, I got to tell you. And, you know, your team's fun to watch, too. Uh, Michael, not only uh, Michael Smith, not only giving you some love uh, as being the best running back in the league, uh, we've talked about your quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, and how it's interesting how narratives change. You know, he was in Miami, and people would say, what, what's wrong with Ryan Tannehill? He's in the right system with the right team. Uh, just, just tell us some, something about Ryan Tannehill that maybe we don't know. We are, we're not appreciating enough. I think his, his leadership, I think from the time he got here, I think a lot of people recognize that, you know, the way, you know, he approached he approached practice each and every day, just wanting to improve, 
making sure guys know what they were doing, communicating things that he see, and letting letting guys know if you know he liked what they did or something that, that they can do better. That's just him. That's him each and every day, making sure everybody's on the same page, making sure we're clicking on all cylinders as an offense. And I think his 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 leadership is out the window. You learn a lot about yourself sometimes in a setback. So you guys suffered your first loss this past Sunday. Uh, came up a little short against Pittsburgh. But I believe it was 14-0 and 24-7 at the half. You guys stormed back in the second half. What did you guys learn about yourselves as a team in defeat uh, against the Steelers on Sunday? You know, well, definitely you can't give a team like that, uh, you know, let them get up 14 points and try to play behind, you know, their – a great team and they're all good on all three phases but I think that you know the the fight we showed and, and the heart we showed to put ourselves in the situation to be able to win the game and possibly go to overtime I think you know that speaks volumes what type of team we have you know on uh, both sides of the ball and I think that you know it's a lot of things that we can build off of definitely things that we need to get better at but um, you know just continue to grow um, and, and continue to improve you know as a team, but just to fight in that second half to give ourselves a chance, you know, I think that speaks volumes about our team. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I, I see Old Spice behind you. I've seen you in other commercials. Uh, you know, you got a Heisman Trophy uh, on your on your mantle. You've been getting a lot of love. What's what's like? Uh, what is life like as a spokesperson? You know, that's like uh, a lot. Of, a lot of players are looking for opportunities like that. What's it like for you? Man, it's cool because I like, like Michael had said, you know, uh, Ray Lewis has been with Old Spice doing a commercial, and you know, I've been watching the commercials since I was a kid, you know, and hoping one day, you know, I have, I have, I'll have this opportunity, and, and now that I have it, you know, being able to start, you know, in a new commercial with the Unstoppable Sweat Defense campaign, um, Old Spice, you know, we use it here in the locker room, you know, each and every day, and it's in locker rooms all around the NFL, and the NFL stadiums, and the Old Spice Sweat Defense, you know, gives you confidence. You know, to uh, get through anything that comes your way on and, and, and off the field. And there's been many superstars in these commercials and, you know, who did a great job. And now I'm just blessed and I'm happy to have the opportunity to start a commercial and um, be able to team up with Old Spice. Tell you, I'm going to CBS as soon as we get off the air and stock up on, oh, on some, uh, some sweat defense. Um, <laughs> no, but speaking of locker rooms, man, and, you know, we've talked about this and, and I know – um, you know, after you guys played the Bills, it kind of came to the surface. So, as you know, your team was fined 350000 by the league for violating COVID-19 uh, protocol. And, and, and the perception out there is that you guys, as a, as a team, as an organization, have been relatively reckless or irresponsible around COVID, leading to the outbreak. And, and, and we sense that you guys you know, felt disrespected or, or, or felt like people had it out for you around that period of time. So I'll just ask you, you know, neutrally, uh, how would you describe your organization's culture as it relates to COVID-19 protocols? Yeah, you know, we, we just stuck together. It was unfortunate that, you know, it happened to it happened to us. And, you know, through the whole process, we we're just waiting to see what we can get back together and be back to, you know, a normal day of, you know, practicing, having meetings, and being able to compete with each other, make each other better, getting ready for a game. But at the same time, just making sure that everybody was getting back healthy, um, everybody was staying safe, and doing all the things they needed to do to get back on the field. 
And, you know, throughout that whole process, you know, we were just waiting on that green light to be able to get back in the building. And when we got it, you know, we were just happy to be back playing ball. Even though it was a short preparation, we were just happy to be able to, you know, get ready for a game. And I think when we played the Bills on that Tuesday night, it's definitely showed by the, by, by the way we played. You know, Derek, I, I just got one more question for you. I covered uh, your head coach, Mike Vrabel. I covered him when he was in high school. I was a beginning reporter. Uh, he was a high school defensive Mike end, old, a dual defensive Mike end old. and tight end. Derek, Michael Holly, old, bro. He old. Hey, that's all right. We both our daddy. Hey, I'd say wise. <laughs> hey, Derek, I'd say wise, wise. Okay. But I covered him in high school, uh, and I covered him when he played for the Patriots. So he was always – I knew he had the uh, intelligence to be a head coach. I also knew that he's a bit of a prankster, too. So what's it like playing for Mike Vrabel? Is he uh, taking out the – is he taking the prankster out of the, his whole uh, repertoire, or does he still have that, too? No, uh, I don't think he really pranks no more. I think it's a lot of junk talking and, you know, being hands-on with us in drills and, you know, just uh, doing anything he can to, uh, to help us get better. It's a lot of fun. You know, he's a he's a player's coach. Coach, he's very smart, you know, studies the game, making sure that we're well prepared. But, you know, we talk smack to him. We talk smack back when he gets in drills with us. So it's definitely a lot of fun playing for Coach Vrabel. Brian, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun watching you. Uh, really, just this run you've been on the last couple of years. I mean it, man. I'm no, no cap, as they, as they say. Like it no is cap. so much fun to watch you run the football, man. I mean, it's it's, it's old school. You know, you guys play old school, uh, and and it's a lot of fun. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, thank you for joining us on behalf of uh, Old Spice. Keep making great commercials. Uh, keep making great plays, man. Take care of yourself. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Y'all take care, man, and keep doing a great job of what y'all been doing. Appreciate it. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. You know the craziest stat I saw? Um, What's that? Today, well, among the many crazy stats I saw. And we spent about a, you'd think we'd have nothing else to say about it because we spent like a half hour, 40 minutes talking about the Patriots and Tom Brady yesterday. Yo, Brady has 18 touchdowns, 18 touchdown passes. And speaking of the MVP conversation, has put himself in that conversation. Thank goodness we didn't overreact after that week one loss to the Saints, right? Well. The Patriots have three touchdown passes as a team. Brady, 18 touchdown passes. Patriots, three touchdown passes. And, I, you know, it's just, I think back and I'm just like, wow, I know it takes two to maintain a relationship. I get that. And Brady left as a free agent. But I wonder, and this is where I go to you, you know, Mr. You're an expert on a lot of things, but Patriots in particular, right? I mean, to put you in a box, but I go to you for my Patriots insight. Like, it's how, bad, how, bad of, now then. how bad of a look is it that it got to a point that Tom Brady became a buck. That Tom Brady felt like he needed to change and the greatest quarterback of all time decided, nah, I don't want to finish my career here. I want to go to Tampa. And then and for, for the Patriots and Patriots fans to watch their ex flourish while they're floundering at that position has really yeah. got to be a bitter pill to swallow. Well, but okay. Yes, it's a bad look right now 
based on what you just said. 18 touchdown passes for Tom Brady, three from Patriots quarterbacks, right? And more interceptions and touchdown passes for Patriots quarterbacks. But if you just look at how long they had that connection, at some point it was going to end. Now, I happen to think it was going to end in, in New England. I thought he spent his entire career in New England, but that's naive, isn't it? I mean, really think about it. He takes over for the first time, as you know, you know the date, because that was the first time you went on a date with your wife, uh, September 30th, 2001. Is that correct? Correct. So, all right. His first so September start. 30th, yeah. 2001, to his last start uh, against Derrick Henry's Tennessee Titans in January of 2020. So 2001 and 2020, you got the same quarterback. So, yeah, it's a bad look that that quarterback's doing well, but how many how many teams have a quarterback for 19 years? At some point, oh, no you question. say... No question. All yeah. right, uh, when's this thing going to wrap up? And see, I, I think that's the mistake of Bill Belichick. I'm going to put it right on him. It's his mistake. But then if yeah. you follow his process... You can kind of see where he's coming from. What he didn't factor in is that the best athlete he's ever athlete he's ever coached. You know, throw in Lawrence Taylor, throw in Randy Moss, throw in uh, the late great Junior Seau. All these great athletes that he's coached in his career uh, with the Giants and Browns, Clay Matthews, Giants and Browns uh, and Patriots and Jets. All these great athletes. The best one. It's Tom Brady. It doesn't really, it doesn't compute, does it? You wouldn't look at this guy and you've seen the, the, the you've seen the scouting combine picture. Yeah, well, I, I mean. He is. He is, Mike. Okay, I'm sorry. I, uh, it, he is. Bruh, listen. It's, it's Tom just, Brady is, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Absolutely. See, I, I, okay, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to derail your point. So I'm sorry if I'm interrupting at a, at a bad Point. You are interrupting. Just, go, ahead. go ahead, interrupt, and then bring it back. To me. I'm, I'm, it's more, take, it's more take of an interjection. I'm going to dump it to you in the flat. It's more of an interjection. Then run out of bounds and give it back to me. Lawrence Taylor, Doug? Yes. Yes. I, I can't, I can't he, say that Brady's a better football player than Lawrence Taylor. Yes, it's it's it hard. It's a different position. It's apples to oranges. But okay, I mean, I get, I get your overall point. I mean, listen, Belichick is, is this. Bel- Belichick's le- legendary legacy is more so for the quarterback to which he's attached than the outside linebacker where he was defensive coordinator for. So for in terms of Tom, for, for Bill Belichick purposes, his most important player is Tom Brady. Okay, that, that's fair. That's fine. Well, okay. I'm gonna, I, I, I will get to my point uh, quickly. I'm just, I don't know that Brady. I don't know. I just I don't know that Brady changed the game. Literally changed the game. In terms of how I'm not sure Lawrence Taylor did either. I, I, I know. He, uh, I'm yeah, not sure he, he changed yeah, the game. Did. I'm not sure he changed oh, yeah, he did. the game. Oh of football. yeah, he Come did. On, stop. It. Yeah, oh yeah, he did. Listen, the way it no, was schemed. Ask Joe Gibbs. Okay. Ask Joe Gibbs. Okay. Ask Belichick. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I know Belichick. Really conversation. All right. I don't want to. But you're not. You're not going to. I'll come back to it in a second. I just want to say just quickly. Lawrence Taylor's rookie year, if I'm not mistaken, was 1981. All right. Fact check me on that. I think it's 81 and 93. Somewhere in there. So that's a dozen years. That's a dozen years of being an elite player, and I'm not sure he was an elite player in 1992, 93. He might have been, but let's, I'll give him a dozen. I'll give him his entire career of being an elite player. That's still six, seven years fewer than Tom Brady has been an elite player and still doing that thing right now at age 43. So even if you have more athletic ability, Lawrence Taylor that's not does. Even what I'm he's a better it on, athlete. Okay. 
But if that athletic ability doesn't allow you to do what you're doing, okay, I don't want to hear. There are people out there who are better writers than you and better writers than me, but or or better broadcasters. But if you're not doing it, I I can't give you credit for it. Yeah. So sorry. It's it's not about. I'm not. I'm not talking about athletic ability. No more so than I think it's fair to compare what a quarterback does to what an outside linebacker does. But I'm talking about in terms of impact on the game and to being the best to ever do what you that to play that position as yeah Tom Brady's I, still, I just, playing. Just, still playing just still playing I know the body of work okay. the body of work you're right about the body of work but when you say that he's a better football player than Lawrence Taylor he is I, that gives me pause it gives me pause okay because but, of literally how but Lawrence I will Taylor say this change games and change the way they, play, the way they block that it. that right there that whole athletic thing, that's a good bookmark. But I, I'll get – let me just uh, land this plan. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the, Brady. The, yep. and the, the Bel- point and is, yep. when Tom Brady was 37, Bill Belichick thought that he was losing it. Mm-hmm. And he has never been around like – we had never seen a quarterback at 40, let alone 43, be productive. So mm-hmm. drafts Jimmy Garoppolo, waits for Tom Brady to drop off. Then he go from Brady to Garoppolo – and it's smooth sailing. Look how smart I am. I figured out the yeah. successor to Tom Brady. But Tom Brady wouldn't cooperate. And that made yeah. their relationship really fray. It got to the yeah. point where they did, they they were great for the cameras. This was a marriage that was great for the kids. But when the kids went to bed, uh, all hell broke yeah. loose uh, for Brady Water and Belichick. Roses. And so that's how they got to this yeah. position. They were waiting. Brady was ready to go. Brady was excited to leave. New England. And, and that's and, and that's, Bill and Belichick that's Belichick's was fault. ready for him to go to. And that, and that's Belichick's fault for two on two fronts. To your point, taking him for granted, taking him for mm-hmm. granted, and it's also even geniuses can make mistakes. It was a mischaracterization, a, a, a miscalculation. I beg your pardon. It was a miscalculation, is what you're describing. It was a personnel mistake. Just that we talk about how, you know. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have struggled to draft wide receivers or they just haven't drafted well in general. You have some free agent hits, some free agent misses. He's not batting a 1,000 on personnel. And this was a personnel swing and miss when he looked at Tom Brady and felt like it was time to replace him or felt like he didn't have anything left. Because you, if you look at what Tom Brady is doing right now with an upgraded supporting cast, he's, he hasn't lost anything. He hasn't he lost, lost anything. And so that is, bottom line, a miscalculation on the part of the talent evaluator that is Bill Belichick to look at Brady and say, not only is he declining or just about done, but we can go, and at one point, we can go into a season with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham, but oh wait, Cam Newton's out there, let's go and sign Cam Newton. We can approximate the same thing that Tom Brady was giving us. If that was his thinking, that's a miscalculation. Yeah, I think that was part of the thinking. The other thing is, Mike, and we just can't account for this. It has never happened before. The only comparable you have is Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. You know, staying together that long. Same head coach, team uh, team builder, and the star. And, and you could say, by the end, Tim Duncan had kind of ceded control to Kawhi Leonard or, or a younger spur, yeah. but he wasn't the... He wasn't, by his last two years, he wasn't their leading scorer. He wasn't the reason they won or lost. And, but Tom Brady, Tom Brady at the end was. And it's just hard. It, there's no NFL, there's no NFL equivalent. 
you know, Chuck Knoll and, yeah. and, and Terry Bradshaw weren't together that long. Tom Landry and Roger Staubach. I mean, it just it's just right. hard to even imagine. No, that that's one way two to, people to being make together peace with it. But that's also that's one way to make peace with it. I'm glad you put it that way because it's like you know, instead of lamenting the end, which a wise man once said, everything ends badly; otherwise, it wouldn't end. Um, <laughs> you know, instead of look at look at what a great run, a great unprecedented run it was, and it had to end sometime. I guess if you're the Patriots and you got three touchdown passes as a team, and you're watching Brady, you know, pilot the best team in the NFC right now for my money. Um, you're saying to yourself, damn, he couldn't have done that for us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, no, like, like that could that that could be us, but no, it, it's right. But he could not with the not with the personnel that they had around him or lack thereof. Absolutely. He's and just pass, if I may I, go ahead. Go ahead. If you may. You said if I may, you oh, may. This, go ahead. This, this the this the last thing I'm gonna say before you I give you the ball and then we can go to break. I just wanna put a go back to that Lawrence Taylor, Tom Brady conversation. Trust me, mm -hmm. I understand that Brady's body of work, his longevity, the numbers, the titles, the skill, all of the things that he brings to the table put him in the conversation with Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, in the conversation for the greatest football players of all time. Mm -hmm. Lawrence Taylor is also in that conversation. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> so the that was, that's, not, that's not a slam dunk. That's not a slam dunk for me, but go ahead. The conversation would be over. I agree with you. The conversation would be <laughs> over if uh -huh. Lawrence Taylor had the 1980s, 1990s version of the TB12 method. If he had taken care of him of himself, that's a different position. The way Tom Brady does. Different what? position. There are quarterbacks. Uh, no, I'm not talking about position. Tell you, I'm, I'm talking, talking about physically. taking care of his They're, body. I'm talking I understand about exactly what you're saying. some of the I understand some exactly of his what you're demons. Saying. I understand exactly what you're saying. I do. But even just physically, for an outside linebacker, it's like I'll play at that. I mean, maybe Clay Matthews. But point is, like, typically, physically, it's harder to maintain your body versus a quarterback who, let's, there are quarterbacks who will tell you it's easier for quarterbacks to survive now based on the rules, based on the way the game he is played. So, so that's all I would just say to that. Like, and I would say I'm not this. taking anything away from so Brady. Talented. I'm not taking anything away from Brady. Right. Just like... Rod Woodson moved from corner to safety, and, and, and Ronnie Lott could play both positions at all pro levels. And Deion yeah. Sanders moved from corner to safety. Did he? Lawrence Taylor was so – he, he wasn't going to play safety, but he could have gone from outside to – he could have bumped inside. He could have been a Mike. Sanders? No, I'm talking about – No, I'm talking about, oh, Deion no was I was just saying Deion never, Deion never moved to safety. Oh, maybe slot. Maybe uh, – sorry, sorry, star, yeah. star. He was like yeah. a, a slot corner uh, yeah. with Baltimore. But right, remember, he wasn't tackling nobody. But go ahead. My, my fault. My fault. Yeah, Dion didn't. You're right. But I'm saying, like, with Lawrence Taylor, he was so talented that he wouldn't have to continue to play the same position throughout his career if he had taken care of himself. But that's a, that's a big what if. But my final thing is, mm -hmm. speaking of Lawrence Taylor and the Giants, this is not going to be in my bets your money, so I'll, I'll throw it out there now. So Tom Brady had 24 <laughs> touchdown passes all of last season. He's at mm -hmm. 18. He made mm -hmm. match 24 because they play the Giants on Monday Night Football. So he may he may match his season total on Monday night versus the Giants. Think about that. You and my bet your money. Actually, we may not get to it today, 
But actually, I do want in on yeah, that man. action. There, 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 there's one game and one point spread. Hey, Mike. Um, Yo. I want you to, um, before you get comfortable, before you get too comfortable, because you're looking like you, you get, you're all sitting up here comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Michael B. Jordan. Great job, Killmonger. Um, but as you're sitting up here comfortable, Mike, I just want you to uh, check something out. I want you to look at something. Okay? Okay. Check it out. Pay attention. What's the what's the phrase? Money made is better than money won is better than money earned. So how confident right. are you in your Steelers? How confident are you in your Steelers in Nashville? Uh, I'm very confident. Five and O teams. I'm very confident because as I told you, I think they are the best team in football. Not saying a lot. I'm pretty confident. I can put something on it and. If I lose, you know, I'll get you later, man. I, you know, I, okay. I, I, no, I know you. I know you. Oh, I know you're good for it. I know you're good for it. I believe that they will have enough of a run game. This is where I go X's and O's on you. Enough of a run game with Derrick okay. Henry. You may not Let's go for 200, it. but enough of a run game for Ryan Fitzpatrick to do his thing. Titans win by a touchdown. Are you pulling receipts um, now, huh? <clears throat> yeah, I'm just checking. I'm checking really all, my, all my devices. You really are a bookie, aren't you? Like, you just, I'm checking you all my devices, checking my accounts. I just texted my wife. I said, I get anything from Michael Smith? Any money come in? Uh, no. So where my money? <laughs> Dog, okay, you got to stop talking to me like a pimp. <laughs> like you iceberg slim or somebody like that. <laughs> where my money? Where my money? Like, you, you just, you're about to slip up and say something. You know, better have my money. You know, like you super fly. I mean, you look good. Don't get me wrong. I go, but just, I go hit you, you like Ryan O'Neal or something, man. Hey, it like, might be, first of all, know, we never. We never what? Per, we never put an amount on it because you were all, eh, well, only I don't know. I, I'm not in charge of my money. You never told me whether it was $5 or $500 we was putting on this thing. So it's somewhere in the middle. It's, 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 it's money ain't a thing for me. Whatever, 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 whatever you want. But since, but since you're pulling receipts, see, I didn't know that you out here requesting clips of me. Because if, if I didn't know we was playing that game, you know I what clip I would have pulled from yesterday? Oh, you know what clip I would have pulled? Shout out Gary. Shout out Gary. Nice job. He was just sitting on that. He was just sitting on that. He was just ready to rock. Okay, Gary. Okay, Gary, are you sitting on the clip of yesterday when Michael Holly like, stood on the table to tell me how for real the Bears were? It's like, oh, they're for real. Oh, oh well, they, they, they legit. What about what about that? We want to talk about credibility. You, you want your cash? Let's talk about credit. And you don't. You get no right. credit for talking about how, right. how the fraudulent bears were were legit. Did you did you waste any of your What's time that you'll never get back watching now? that game? Is unfortunately, it's five and two. And the reason same I say it's is, unfortunately. Same record as the team you call the best in football. You just said the Buccaneers are the best team in football. I think they're 5-2 and two as, as no, well. No, that's not what I said. Is, is See, right? I know you're getting old, and the first thing to go is your hearing. I said they're the best NFC. team in the NFC. Uh, in, the the NFC, NFC. They're the best team in the NFC. And they got the, the same Bears, record as the Bears. The Bears are not who you – The Bears are not – I know. The Bears are not who you thought they were. I know you didn't Remember watch this? that game last night. Uh, yeah. I know I you didn't watch sure that did. oh, game. Oh, now you got jokes about Tom Brady. I know you didn't watch what? that game That's what he did against the Bears. He did that against the I, Bears. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know. A minute, a minute ago, you were worshiping at his altar. Okay. Now, you, now you're clowning them with, right. with four, hey, four, four downs. Whatever's convenient. I know you didn't watch that game last night. I know you didn't hear Nick Foles t- telling Brian Greasy that he don't believe in the plays that's being called because he know they ain't going to work the moment they get called. I know you didn't watch this putrid offense that's been bad that's all year, quiet as it's kept. 
I know you didn't watch them and, and, and take away from that game. They're still good. Please don't tell me that's, that's not what you saw last night. They, they never were well, good. Well, a few things. You know, what you, know what you know how Bill Parcells, like, you are what your record says you are? I'll be damned. Yeah. That is not a 5-2 and two team. That is not no. a 5-2 and two team. Okay? Michael, They're you, not that uh, good. It's so funny because, you know, I talk to some smart football people weekly. Uh, and you know that. You know I do. And, you know, one of the smart football people I talked to last week, was raving about you when you covered the NFL. Oh, and what a smart reporter and just really good and just really went the extra mile, all that stuff. Okay, you covered the NFL that long, you would know that after seven games, you're not going to overreact to one bad performance. And it's all about the matchups. What other cliches can I have? It's a marathon, not a sprint. What else? What else? They were never good. They were never good. Not on offense. They were never good. Bro, they were never good. They didn't look good last night. They, they, they haven't looked good on that offense was... all year. Like, I just, you know what my prayer is? You know what my sincere prayer is? <laughs> Bring back NFC? Trubisky. Where's no, Trubisky? This, no. He ain't going to sell bear. you out, Forget Matt Nagy. Forget the bear. He ain't going to sell you out need, like Nick Foles did. I need, for them to, I need for them to regress to the mean, okay? Mm-hmm. And I need for the Saints to continue to struggle. Because what we, what I need, what you need, what we really need, what was clear last night based on how the Rams played, what we really need is for this new expanded playoff format to feature four teams from the same division in the NFC. That's what we really, we really need. The entire NFC West, I would please, I just hope all four of them make the playoffs. The defending NFC champs and the last place team is four and three at this point. The whole West right. needs to make the playoffs. I'll, I'll allow, you know, whoever wins the NFC East in. Give me the Bucks, the Packers, let's just say the Eagles. That's my pick. I know you got the football team, but I'm going to just say the Eagles and that entire NFC West in the playoffs. Now we're cooking with gas. So I need the Bears to fall off. Well, I can see how you feel about the first three teams. I don't know about San Francisco. San Francisco was able to... I'd rather them than the Bears. You know, throw, I'm not in love with them either, but I'd rather them than the Bears. Sit- San Francisco's strange. I mean, they, they ragdolled the Patriots. We saw that. But then they got smoked by the Dolphins at home. Uh, that was a weird game. And they've had so many injuries. I don't know if they can just maintain. They got another injury. I mean, I don't know if they'll be able to maintain this level with all the injuries that they've had. But let me ask you this. Uh, since we were talking about elite players, I'm going to throw something at you. Uh, I told you that, you know, I had we missed a big anniversary yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember I told you that? You did. You know, yesterday, uh, let's see, let me see if my math is right. I'm not great at math. I think it was 26 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 36 years ago. 36. 36? You're coming at me with a 36-year anniversary, Michael? But it's significant. It doesn't 36 matter. 36 years ago. It, do, it, it, it is. It, the only significant 36-year anniversary is birthdays and wedding anniversaries. Don't tell me. I've, t- I've asked you not to come. I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to hear this it. Is like, you know that's a pet peeve. You, yes, you, you know do, that's a pet peeve because of mine. You tried, I know it is, but you tried to tell me that Lawrence Taylor changed the game of football. He right? did. I got an anniversary of a guy Thank you, Gary. who changed, <laughs> not only changed the game, but changed the culture. 36 years ago, yesterday, Michael Jordan played his mm-hmm. first game in the NBA. And I was looking at the clip, Mike, and, and I, you know, I'm not trying to get into this whole, that's before he went How ball. Can we you can see him starting to wait, go ahead and up top. How, wait, 
how could we forget? You know how we can forget? Because it was 36 years ago. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's how I, I hate it's Michael it. Jordan. And I love Michael Jordan. Okay, so we're gonna do this again next year? We're gonna do this again next year? Yeah. 37? Yeah. And then 38? Because it's Michael then, Jordan. Okay. That's just so whack. It's, it's Michael so Jordan. Whack. I hate that. Only for Jordan. I hate that. Only for Jordan. Oh, I hate that. No, it's not. Oh, the problem is not only for Jordan. If it was just for Jordan, I'd allow it. It is a problem that we have in our society. And you're talking to oh, somebody. Maybe you're talking to somebody Gary, who. Go green bubbles. What? Give him a green bubble. Oh, This is definitely this a, green a green bubble. Bubbles. You got the green bubble? Yes. This is definitely a green bubble. Good, good a green call. bubble. It, it doesn't matter. You might not have it. Oh, we do have it. Okay, you good. got it. Bravo. Green bubble. This is definitely a green bubble. I can't stand this new stuff that people do. Y'all gonna make me cuss because it pisses me off. It incenses me that we have gotten into a, a into a day and age where we're so enamored with likes and retweets and comments and social engagements and impressions that we every anniversary for every little thing is posted on social media. You celebrate five-year anniversaries. You celebrate 10-year anniversaries. You celebrate 15-year anniversaries and 20 and 25. You know why? Because they're special. That's Michael special. Jordan is God's gift to basketball. But I don't give a damn about the 36th anniversary of his NBA debut. If that's the case, let's do the 19th anniversary of the first time he scored 50. Let's do the 12th year anniversary sure. of the first time he retired. I don't care. I don't care. Right, it bothers me. But I'm also the same that's person. But you know what I else is a green bubble for me? You know what else is a green bubble for me? Green bubbles, part two. On, I have to pump gas on even numbers. I have to have the volume on my TV on even numbers. I have to have the, um, the temperature in every room on even numbers. So I just got this, my OC, maybe it's so my right. OCD that won't allow me to celebrate 36 years since Michael Jordan's NBA debut. It's like, yeah, I know, I knew that. It's like you do it, you're supposed, it's supposed to be special. It's supposed to be 40 years, 50 years. And then you just do a whole blowout, you know, thing. Well, wait a minute, I oh, told 36. you. I told you. I told you that uh, I'm not great at math, right? Mm -hmm. But I do believe that 36 is an even number, right? 36. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Not, not even. No, no. I'm sorry. Okay. I, thank you for catching right. that. I mean, like round, okay. round numbers, like okay, you know, right. like can you get multiples of five or ten. You know, right. that's that's I should be done. This, okay, but I'm sorry. That's my rant. You weren't anticipating the bubble segment. It, it is an no, issue. No, that's great. It, it is it is an issue. You it's, got it's issues, the same, man. It's the, it's the same. It's that's in the same category as the Lakers' first championship since 2010. It's like, like all right, man. At least you know, it was like 10 years. Winter, you know, that's 10 well, years. Yes, <laughs> there's that. So, so that worked. You had a Jordan take though. You had a Jordan take. I do no, not. I was just wanna, gonna say. I don't want to steal that from and, you. Go ahead. What's your And doing? it's not even a take. It's not even a take. It's just an observation. And when we talk about that's why when we throw things like, and I'm so glad you brought up Lawrence Taylor. We didn't even plan this. I love this. I love it. We didn't plan it. When you talk about Lawrence Taylor and how he changed the game and how Joe Gibbs said, yeah, our blocking assignments were different. We used to throw, uh, you know, we didn't worry about throwing a tight end on a linebacker, you know, whatever, or, or, or just a little running back on, on, a, on a defensive end like Lawrence Taylor. Okay, fine. And he changed movies, but there's right? Evidence. He changed. You, he changed well, he, he, sure Michael Lewis right. wrote a book about the Lawrence Taylor impact. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Michael Lu Michael Lewis wrote a great book because Michael Lewis is a great writer. But and so sometimes if you got a theme going for a book, you don't want all the facts to kind of <laughs> contradict <laughs> what the theme is. Hey, I need this book to be called The Blind Side, so the Blind Side's gonna be important. It's funny how we've yeah. kind of switched that a little bit. Everybody not talking about the Blind Side anymore. Anyway.
uh, in football. So, okay, you can say that. That's more of like an X's and O's thing and like how the blocking assignments and how quarterbacks kind of assign their coverage. When you watch Michael Jordan, that very first game, I think they played the then Bullets. You watch him step on the court. It is so, he only scored 16 points. But just the way that dude walked, Mike, just the way he walked on the court, just the way he took his shot, there was like, it was clear NBA hadn't seen anything like that before. There have been great players in the NBA. He came into an NBA that had Magic and Larry and Michael and I mean, Magic and Larry and, uh, and, and Doc and Kareem. He was in that NBA. But it just was different. That changed the his whole aura, his 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 style of play, his style of wearing his shorts and and the shoot the whole thing. That was a game changer, and it's clear. Lawrence Taylor, that, that may be my more of like a a, a pro football focus, football outsiders kind of abstract <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but this is tangible. That's well, so, all right. Um, and the last dance had a lot of great moments from it. But I remember, the, I think it was episode one of The Last Dance, because I had never heard the quote before. But you want to talk about being ahead of the game? Bobby Knight, when Michael Jordan was on the Olympic team, Bobby Knight said, I'm a butcher, I'm a butcher. You know what quote I'm talking about? Because I'm a butcher the quote. I know the quote. You know what I'm talking about? I know the quote. It was great. I didn't remember what, it either. What was it? Excellent. When he said all the things that Jordan Jordan does, he's the best player it's, I've ever seen. He's the best. He said it was the best player I've ever seen. He said he's the hardest working. He's the yeah. he's, he's, he's the he's the he's the most athletic. Uh, it, what, I mean, I forget all the things that the, the attributes he laid out. But he said that makes him the best player I've ever seen. This was when he was just he hadn't even played in the NBA yet. He hadn't even played in the NBA yet, and Bobby Knight knew that he he was a prophet. He knew that there was greatness. Yeah on its way that was about to change uh, the game in the NBA. I mean, listen, man, I'm never going to complain about an opportunity to celebrate Michael Jordan. So I, I guess I'll, but I'll, I'll but allow you know what, Mike? it. I'll allow it. 36th anniversary. Just don't make a habit of it, please. It matters. Just don't make a habit of it. I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, I'm going to let you cool okay. down a little bit, let you go get some water and just okay. kind of So we doing it next year for 37? So we're doing it next year I'm gonna, for 37 years. Hey, why don't you we're doing go, it next year. Why don't you go during this break that we take? Why don't you go check the temperature in your house? I knew it was sure hot. It's on your... 72. It's on 72. Oh, it's on 72. Got to be on 70. You need to turn, that down, turn that down to 70. Or, yeah. set, or turn it up to 70. No, but, but wait. But we're talking about his debut next year for 37 years, right? Because we've already committed that. I'm all about it. Because the other thing is co- consistency. October 26. I hate inconsistency, which means that every year from now on, we got to make a big deal out of Michael Jordan's debut. Now, are we going to do it for everybody else, too? 2021. We're going to do it for Kobe, for LeBron. What for everybody else? The 27th. No, just for Jordan. No, no, not for Kobe and LeBron. Just for Jordan. Oh, today's the 27th. Yeah, yesterday's the 26th. All right, that's fine. Yeah. Go turn the temperature down to 70. Okay. Will do. So you got a confession to make? What's that? You know what my confession is? As I was watching uh, my Chicago Bears uh, last night really struggle on offense against the Rams, 
in a beautiful stadium, by the way. Ooh, beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah. Really yeah, nice. Really nice. Really nice. It didn't bother me that there were no fans in the stadium. And it occurs to me, as I watch these games, as I watch the NFL, Red Zone, whatever it is, it is it doesn't stand out as much. It's not as weird as bubble ball was in the NBA. Now, I'm not trying to mess with anybody's championship. O'Shea, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, O'Shea Jack Nicholson, don't at me, all right? Uh, the, the championships are legitimate, and the championship in the NBA is legitimate. But there is something about just watching football. I don't miss the fans. That's really it's not place. taking away my enjoyment. It's mm. actually mm. pretty good. I'm so locked into these games, Mike. I confess it. It's not weird to me. You think I'm weird now, don't you? No, no, I don't think you're weird. I just think it just goes to show where we are. You've, you've adapted. There's, there's, there's nothing like this is a this is a shared experience. Professional sports, all sports, sports are a shared yeah. experience, and there is no replacing the feeling of celebrating or agonizing alongside your fellow fan. Uh, That's different, though. That's different. There is. Because and there is no. I didn't say being and, at the game. No, 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 I no, no. I, but, I, but I'm not done. Where do you watch it? You, li- we live vicar- we live vicariously from home through the fans in the stands. The roar of the actual crowd. Look, I said after week one that it sounded familiar when they didn't do the wide shots of the stadiums. That the right. the audio that was being piped in. I said, you know, it didn't sound that bad. But I'm sorry, like. Watching the crowd, the roar of the crowd, a hostile environment is not a hostile, a, a road game in stadium only. It is going and, 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 tell and that to Nick quieting Foles, the crowd. Tell, tell yeah, that to Nick Foles. You know, this right, this right here, that, who, you know, right. who you shushing if nobody's in, in the stands? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the hush of the crowd, the roar of the crowd. Like, this sports is not just about the people performing within the lines. It, the, 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 uh, you know, the gladiators that were in the arena and the Coliseum, it's, it's when the crowd, when you're like, nah, man, this is not meant to be played like this. And what I'm hearing is somebody who's just gotten used to it. And that's just sad. Not you. Uh-huh. Not, I'm not, you're not sad. I'm saying it's sad that we've been in this for so long that you've grown accustomed to what is not normal. This should not, it should not be normal to look at a game with cutouts or, or scattered fans and to be like, I heard you call. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I heard, I heard you call me. <laughs> no, I just That's I, I, I hate that you but, I hate that you've grown accustomed to it because I right. I refuse to grow accustomed. You're telling me I refuse to be that okay with you're bothered. So when you watch the NFL, do you do you watch it uh, with your kids? Do you watch it uh, with the family? Like what's your what's your game uh, watching routine, or do you have one? Well, watch it with my son. But if anything, okay. I've said this for a while. Sports for me during this pandemic have been a reminder. It hasn't been an escape. It's been a reminder that we're in a pandemic because it doesn't look normal. Like inside okay, my four your walls, son. I can pretend like it's normal. When I turn on the television, well, I see scattered fans or no fans. Is your fans. son enjoying it? Is your son, is Mason enjoying I have, I watching these asked games? Him, I haven't asked ask him that him. pointed question in this context, but I will. But I mean, he's, he watches it. Because I'd like to know. I really aspect. would like to know the answer. I'd like to know the yeah. answer because I'm. I was surprised at myself because when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh man, it's weird." 
And I first remember that first game in Kansas City, 16, 17,000 people in there. And I was like, okay. But then other stadiums, like watching Cam Newton in Gillette Stadium, where it's empty. Watching last night in Los Angeles, a beautiful stadium where people in L.A. have been waiting for uh, to be built uh, after the delays and playing in the Coliseum for the Rams or playing in a soccer stadium for the Chargers. And finally, you got this beautiful stadium and nobody's there. It's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame, but it's not strange to me. Like it's, it, well, I shouldn't say it's not strange. It is strange to have an empty stadium. But it hasn't taken away my enjoyment from the games. I was watching the other night. So game at Arizona, late night, 49, yeah, excuse me, the Cardinals and Seahawks going to overtime, exciting game. Simmons get that, gets that interception. I'm like, oh, wow, what a great play. What a great call by Vance Joseph, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. I'm watching yeah. it, and then they won. I was like, oh, that's a great, great win. They, I didn't still think, perform it. It's the same with the bubble. Where are you, the, you, you didn't think, you didn't, where are the you're fans? You're not assigning an asterisk. You know, you know what it's the same thing as? Like, you and I can both watch a great movie from the comfort of our home on Netflix or on whatever platform we use to watch movies. And it's the same movie. But when you go to the theater, there's something about watching a movie in the theater surrounded by people. Even if they're kicking the back of your chair. I never thought I'd miss some little knucklehead kid kicking the back of my chair, but I do. I'll miss no, that. but I do. I'll miss that. I do because or, it's, because, well, how about those? because that's what's that's normal. That's that's the light. I I I, I miss honestly. I miss wrestling for the. I miss the armrest game. The no, arm wrestling game right. on the airport uh-huh. with, with the dude with the hairy arms, and you're like, wait, we making too much physical contact for this armrest, but I'm not giving it up. You know what I mean? I miss mm-hmm. I miss that jostling back and forth. So no, I can't watch mm-hmm. sports and feel like, oh, I don't miss the fans. I do. Well, how about it? Doesn't people? mean you can't enjoy people? it in spite of it. Hey, how about those people? You you you're looking forward to a mo- a movie. Let's say it's rated R, right? R-rated movie, and I like the big like the 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 the, uh, the theater atmosphere. Uh, it's just the sound of it. Just the I mean, when it goes dark. The trailers, all that stuff. I love it. How about when you go to a rated R movie and somebody has brought a five or six year old or even younger to the movie? I miss it. I miss it. And, and you hear the kid crying. We're saying, you know, I want to go I home. <laughs> I do. I, don't I, be bringing I miss, this kid I, to this I miss movie. humanity. I Even don't miss annoying that. Humanity. Even annoying humanity. I don't. Um, we got a couple of other things uh, that I, I do want to cover. I don't want to miss out on covering today. So let's um, let's let's move this along real quick. Uh, I know yesterday we barely touched on it. We barely touched on when you threw me off with McCarthyism is dead. Uh, you were yes. talking about Mike McCarthy. You thought um, I was talking about Senator Joe McCarthy? As a one, and, as a one and done. Yeah, but as yeah. a one and done. And then today, I mean, Jerry Jones could not have given a more, uh, a stronger, I should say, endorsement or a stronger uh, statement of support than he did when he literally told the radio host on 105 to, or 5.3 to fan to shut up and let me explain to you that there is no more, there is no leadership void in the locker room in my eyes. He talked about all the reasons you know, why Mike McCarthy is acquitting himself uh, in this season so far for the Cowboys. And that basically, oh, I got my guy. McCarthy's my guy. Things aren't going well, but tougher, but, you know, it's t- tough times. We got the guy to lead us through it. Um, I got to say, man, I like what I heard from Jerry. He made yeah, some solid it points. It sounds good. 
No, and I think it's I think it's the right way to go about it. Um, first of all, let's just point out the fact. I didn't realize forty percent of the Cowboys' salary cap is out injured when you combine Dak and Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins and Blake Jarwin. But it, and we said this early in the year that I don't know how much you can really evaluate everybody in this under these circumstances, given the offseason that the NFL had or didn't have. And I know everybody had it. I know everybody had the same problems. It's not specific to Dallas. That's but right. Because you, uh, before, you, before you start making those excuses, I'm glad you put that disclaimer yeah. in there. Because some, I, some, somebody some else's Already. Yeah. Already. Like, you haven't been talking about this it's for 35 excuses. seconds. You've already thrown out three it's, excuses. It's not, anyway, go ahead. It's, it's, not, it's not excuses. It's reasons not to make okay. a hasty decision. Because sure. if you hired Mike McCarthy, despite his flaws or shortcomings that were evident in Green Bay, even though he had a really good run in Green Bay, if you hire Mike McCarthy, I don't think this of all seasons is the one to make him one and done. With the injuries and the circumstances, you know, a new coach, new system, no offseason, no training camp, no preseason, and then you lose your quarterback and your backup quarterback, the defense is in shambles, the offensive line is in shambles. This is not a year to hold your coach accountable. If you think you hired the right guy in August, even at two and five, I think if you're Jerry Jones, you still got to believe that you hired the right guy. You know, it's so interesting, uh, Mike. Uh, a couple things stood out to me from that interview uh, besides him telling the host to shut up and, and let him finish. You know, he, he kind of threw in, he said, you know, it's a collaborative process. Even though I'm the general manager, don't, mm -hmm. don't think that the ultimate decision is a single-minded decision. You know, don't don't make that mistake of thinking that I don't call on a, a bunch of people for input and then I kind of synthesize all the information I get and then make a decision. So he said that, but then he said, hey, I've made the final, I've always made the final decision half since day one. So he can't help an opportunity to throw a little something at Jimmy. Hey, just in case you think Jimmy built those first two championship teams without any input. You think the Herschel Walker trade was all Jimmy? Uh-uh, au contraire. I was in there too. But the other thing is, everything you say sounds good, except in this year, 2020 is strange, but it's also so strange that the NFC East might be won by a team that wins six or seven games. So let's say yeah. the Washington football team wins the NFC East, which they are going to do. They will. They win the NFC East with six games, six wins or seven wins, and the Cowboys are sitting there at four and twelve or five and eleven. So all those injuries that you talked about, all those circumstances, and the other teams dealt with them too. They had losing records too, and yet, even when they all had losing records, you still didn't win the division. You think Jerry Jones is going to hold that line? Still, I don't. I do. I do. Because Jerry, a lot of people have tried to make Jerry out to be some kind of a, you know, George Steinbrenner of the NFL type guy. You know, that's a pretty good, I, I, Jerry, pretty good Jerry, comparison. Jerry is, but Jerry has never pulled, he's never had a quick trigger with coaches like that. Like he's been, he's been, he's been almost loyal to a fault. And maybe it's got to do with not wanting to admit a mistake, but he's almost loyal yeah. to a fault when it comes to his coaches. You know, uh, I mean, he's way past time to fire guys by the time he does. So I, I do think Jerry is going to say, no, nah, no, this is a rough year. And as, and as high as the standard is 
or as high as the, the, the brand standard is, because the brand of the Cowboys often doesn't match up with the product on the field, hasn't right. for quite a long time. I, I don't think he's going to say, this is a Super Bowl or bust year. And even though we lost all these players to injuries and the quarterback and offensive line, uh, I, I, I got to make a change. He's not the guy. I think he's still going to be a believer in Mike McCarthy. Now, he'll have that much more pressure on him next year, but I think he's still a believer. The guy that probably what needs a, to What go, a lot of coaches tell you, before you move on, I'll just, I'll just throw this yeah. at you and then, and then go ahead and pivot off of this question. What are coaches, a lot of coaches uh, get a little nervous over? The vote of confidence. The vote of confidence yeah. is usually the dreaded by vote of confidence, right? A departure. Yeah. So yeah. he got a it, strong it vote of confidence. Watch your back, Mike. Watch your back. And I and I know I know the players have been talking about, you know, there's no there's no uh, you know preparation. These guys, you know, they don't teach very well. There was the anonymous players talking about the uh, yeah. lack of adjustments they on the part of coaches. They don't know what they're doing. Unprepared. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. They look especially lost on defense. Whatever Mike Nolan's teaching is not taking. Um, but I'll tell you what, no matter how frustrated a Cowboys fan you are right now, you would not wish what happened to Mike Nolan yesterday on your worst enemy. Did y'all see this? Roll it. Obviously, the frustration for him as well is just, you know, look, when he misses him, nobody, whoops, excuse me. Now I got something in my eye. Um, just had some Tabasco on my finger and it went in my eye. That wasn't good. Oh. Never good. It's terrible. Jeez. I'm sorry. Give me one second. Oh, man, we all been there. We've all been there. And it was Tabasco. He might have gotten away with it if it was Louisiana. Maybe Frank's. Ooh, but Tabasco. He's in Texas. Ooh. Ooh, He's in Tabasco. Texas. You know. No, by the you know way, he best has hot good sauce, stuff, by the too. Way. That's what I was raised. I was raised on Tabasco in New Orleans. Uh, Crystal, so, also Crystal hot sauce. Shout out to Crystal. So what do you do with it, though? What do you, like, do you, are you one of those... You know, hot sauce slash ketchup on, on, on eggs. If I, if I carried a purse, if I carried a purse, I would carry have hot, hot sauce. sauce. Shout out to Beyonce. Yes. Yes, I would. So you yes. are you I, are a I, hot sauce just like on everything. Like what's what's the, the strangest thing you put it on? Uh, like, what, you, you, you don't consider don't, what would we consider strange? Yeah. <laughs> yeah about to I know. Exactly. Well, I know you don't think it's strange at all. What would we think is just a little different with your hot sauce? Oh. I gotta think about. It. I gotta think about it. it I, I just, it's just such a, a standard condiment for me. Like I, again, I'm from New Orleans, man. Like so, every, like it, it can't be too spicy for me. Let's put it that way. And and I'm talking about. I'm talking about whether it's sriracha chili, whether it's you know mm. Tabasco, like I said, Frank's, whether it's buffalo wing. It cannot be too hot for me. But it's it's, it's real, man. Sometimes mm. you just you, you forget. Sometimes you just forget. We shouldn't be touching our eyeballs anyway nowadays. But you just forget. And you touched your eye and you get that pepper in it, man. I mean, Ooh. like, I'm out. He tried to fight through it like a champ. I'd have got up and you immediately got to start flushing that joint because you'll, you'll, you'll blind yourself with that. That's, 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 see, a, see, that's real stuff right there. You know, and I go with like some stuff that uh, I, I, I get down with like certain sauces slash mm-hmm. home remedies. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm good for that kind of thing. Like, I'm not really a hot sauce person. But I am a Lowry. I'm a child of Lowry's now. You know, you, you, you throw some Lowry's, uh, Lowry's on, on the extra. Salt, yeah. I'm more of a Tony oh, yeah, yeah. Sachet guy, but same purpose. Yeah, same See, purpose. I'll get down That's with good. that. Uh, if if uh, if you got an upset stomach, 
even if you don't have an upset, if it's starting to be upset, you know, ginger ale, you know, always ginger ale. You're soft, dude. If you You're got soft. something. You're soft. Hey, if, if you're going, if you got, if you got, you got something going stomach. on, you yeah. need to flush out the system. Cranberry juice. Absolutely. Oh, I love. Did you, um, did you see the Walter Wallace uh, Jr. video out of Philadelphia? Yes. Yes, I did. You did. I was actually yeah. hoping you didn't. I was hoping you didn't. Why? Tell me why. Tell me why you were hoping I didn't. I, we've seen enough of it. Yeah. We, as, as black people, we've seen mm-hmm. enough televised executions. We've seen enough of, of, of police brutality on social media. Um, we're not numb to it by any means, but it's just like there's so much trauma just from viewing it over and over again that uh, we don't we don't need any more of it. The people who need to see it, you know, to believe it still remain in denial about a larger systemic issue. You know, I, I don't have a whole lot on this, Michael, because I just, yeah. I don't have a whole, I don't think there's anything left to really say at this point. Because I, I just, I'm not trying to play that game again and again, because even watching the news reports on certain networks, riots break out in Philadelphia. So now the story is automatically yeah. the riot. Yeah. It's automatically yeah. the response and not the reason for it. And then it's like, you know, what more needs to be explained at this point? Because, and I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at the point now, Michael, where this isn't an accident that requires investigation. That's not what this is anymore. Maybe that's, what it, that, that's, that's really what it's never been. This is state-sanctioned violence against black and brown people. These officers did their job by the book. It may not be a book that we're privy to, but this is what they're trained to do. This is what they're conditioned to do, is to apprehend, arrest, charge, try, convict, and execute in real time when it comes to black and brown people, period. And the I feared for my life defense always flies because the narrative is that we are inherently threatening. Now, Walter Wallace Jr. apparently had a knife, okay? Mm -hmm. These officers also have tasers. But they are trained, if a black person is a threat, to neutralize it permanently. Because we, and, all, and the way I know that is, number one, I would venture to say that I have had better firearm and de-escalation tactic training than these officers displayed. And if they do have de-escalation training, conveniently or inconveniently for us, it is never on display when it comes to black people. White people will walk you know, away from these encounters yeah. with guns or knives, they, with automatic weapons, with AK-47s and AR-15s, having just committed mass murder and live to tell about their encounters with police. That could have gone differently, but my point is, Michael, it's not supposed to go differently. You know, we often say that, you know, the system can never fail those it was never designed to, uh, WB boys was never uh, intended to protect, it can't fail. This is the system. This is the book that they operate out of. This is what this is what it, the job calls for. That, 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 that's, I'm convinced of that now. That this is not an accident. It requires us investigation because we already know how it goes in these moments, and we also know how it goes once it th- goes through the system. Some district attorney somewhere, or some excuse me, some attorney general somewhere. I don't know. Maybe in Kentucky, 
is not even going to give the grand jury the option of prosecuting or, 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 or levying charges against the officers for criminal activity or criminal intent. So anyway, I, I, I just I got uh, nothing. I got nothing. I got yeah. nothing after this, man. It's exhausting. Well, I would say uh, we, we talked with uh, Malcolm Jenkins on this show uh, a couple weeks ago. And you were saying the last time you saw Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins and, and you tried to remember where it was. And I said on the air, last time I saw him was at Harvard. And so he was at Harvard along with uh, a, a few other uh, NFL players. And he was talking about, um, you know, social justice and some of the things that can be done. And he was on a panel with other NFL players, as I said. And also uh, there was a writer, uh, poet Clint Smith uh, was there. And mm-hmm. there was also no a, a doctor there. It goes by Dr. Phil. And he trains police departments on their bias and their implicit bias. And he put all over North America, all over the world in some cases. But he shows them, he he puts them through simulations and he shows them through their simulations how they may respond quicker, more violently when there's a person of color involved. And a lot of departments have really benefited from his training. And so without knowing all the details here, I don't know all the details and we're going to find out, but it seems that there is just this reaction. There's this response, person of color, knife, shoot, and shoot multiple times. And that is something that has to be dealt with And, and like, why don't we talk about de-escalation? Why don't we talk about some of the other, you mentioned taser, you know, some of the other options that are available. And so what happens, it's the same cycle. This happens. Those who don't really care say, well, how about the riot? And, and those of us who, who think, oh, wait a minute, I could have been in that situation. Or I could have known, no, somebody I know and love could have been in that situation we go through, as you so appropriately said off the top, trauma. Now, I don't know how this is going to be resolved. I do know, and we had this conversation before, I do know that I'm a father of, of three children uh, who are all under 12. And this is something that I've got to make sure that this trauma is not a part of their existence. Mm-hmm. And I have to make sure that they're not so naive that they don't know what's going on in the world around them. So these right. are conversations that that I think about having before I get to them. And I got to filter them to yep. some degree, but without taking the gravity well, and the seriousness innocence. out of it. That's what yeah. I'm thinking about. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking oh, about. Yeah. And, and obviously, uh, I, I, want, uh, I, I want justice to be served always. But this is yet another thing. Add another uh, layer of 2020 that has been ratcheted up uh, that we are folk, folk, we are forced to confront. I just said this last thing before we go to break is we thought that George Floyd's murder would would change things. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. It, it's it, it didn't change anything. Doesn't seem like it changed much of anything because even the idea of justice being done, I don't want retroactive justice. I want compassion in the moment. You know, like the accountability, he ain't coming back. Yeah. You know? So it's like, okay, they, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe they lose their job. Maybe they get fired. Maybe they, maybe 
charges actually stick. Maybe they actually serve time, which practically never happens. He ain't coming back, yeah. you know? So, anyway, we'll be back. All right. Looking forward to another edition of PFTPM. They will be covering the leadership question in Dallas and Jerry Jones's response to that. Uh, closer look back at the Steelers Titans thriller. I think Kyle Rudolph is joining the show too. And they're handing out week seven awards. Loaded show as always from Florio and the gang on PFTPM. I wonder if they're talking about this, Michael Holly. I'm sure they are, because uh, Florio's got everything covered. Um, quote, my mindset has been that I'm going to move on. But who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen. That is. is from the presumptive number one pick of the 2021 NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence, hinting that he could go back to Clemson for another year. Your thoughts? Ooh. You know what he's doing, Michael <laughs> Smith? He yeah. is scoreboard watching. He is watching the standings. He sees the New York Jets without a win. He's wondering if they're going to find up with the number one pick. He is deciding. He is deciding. Oh, look at that. They've lost seven straight. They got an opportunity for a victory in a couple of weeks. They play the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots are that bad. But anyway, sees the Giants and Jets right there. He don't want to go to New York. He don't want to go to the Jets. He's scoreboard watching, that right? That's on, what man. it is. Come on, man. Listen, that's not what he's, he's controlling doing. Controlling the future. Like, no. Yeah, What's he doing? as much as he can control, which is, hey, I may decide that I love it in college. I may want to come back. And we've seen plenty oh. of, of, of quarterbacks go oh, back okay. for another Oh, you year. have? You, oh, really? You, Michael, see, you just, no, see, what you're trying to do is you're trying to take facts to suit your theory. Because you and everybody else wants him to avoid the Jets sure. so bad until What's the moment he suggests that, the moment a college kid suggests that he might want to stay in college, you're like, oh, oh, he just wants to avoid the Jets. What makes you think the Jets won't be terrible again next year? Or they, they, and guess what? Whoever's picking number one next year is probably going to be terrible too for one reason or another. The Jets may be the sorriest of organizations, but they are the only sorry organization in the NFL. You can't say, no, no different than a team can't tank and expect to get the number one pick in either the NBA or the NFL because it almost never works out. The tanking gods don't like that. The football and basketball gods don't play like that. You, as a player, you can't manipulate who you go to or who's got the number one pick and what year you come out. If he wants to exercise leverage, he will do it when he comes out and say, just like Eli and just like Elway did, I'm not playing there. Trade this pick. I'm never signing there. He can't determine that when it comes to declaring. It doesn't work that way. Turn to your neighbor and say, turn to your neighbor and say, tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Okay. So look, he, he's not worried about next year, Mike. He's looking at his draft class right now. So next year, you're right. If we get there, the Jets, uh, after seven, seven games, might be 0-7 again, and he might be in the same situation. Or maybe there's another quarterback who passes Trevor Lawrence. And so right now he's the presumptive number one, but next year maybe he falls to number four or number five. All I know is this is a great opportunity to control your future. It has done, it's been done before. Some guys have come out of the draft and done it. Like the Manning, uh, Eli Manning did it when he came out of the draft. Peyton Manning did it by staying at Tennessee. John Elway did it coming out of the draft. Hey, I'll play baseball before I play for the Colts. 
and he wound yeah, up going to the Broncos. Yeah. In this yeah. case, Trevor Lawrence could be planting a seed. I, I think that's could what he's be. doing. They, I okay. love Clemson. I want to stay at Clemson and run through the ACC again. I don't play any competitive <laughs> games until I get to the college playoff. I mean, come on. Is that your challenge? Oh, what Listen. are you going to do? Y'all about to roll Virginia again? <laughs> what are you going to do against maybe the he, Georgia Tech? Stop it. Maybe, maybe he really just likes school. Speaking of school, I want to end the show go on to this school. if we can. Go to school online. Let's in go New to York. school. Go to school online in uh, New York. Maybe he just likes school. Speaking of school, let's take it back to high school. We don't usually do this. We might work yeah. for Peacock. This is, full disclosure, this just warmed my heart to see this trailer today for Saved by the Bell, the reboot. Roll it, G. Yo, Mama. Sorry, Dr. Mama. How do you think this year's going to go for these new students? I'm psyched. You're excited for the first day of school? Why is everybody so rich? Are you ready for my party Saturday night? I got DJ Khaled's baby to make you a playlist. It's okay. Time out. What is up with these kids? In attendance will be the governor of California. Max, Dad? You look amazing. Your hair's fire. My dad's also coming. I don't care about your dad, Spencer. I just care about Zach and Kelly. We all want these new kids to feel welcome. Can we talk? Did you just sit backwards in a chair? Wow, never seen Does this resonate with you the way it does with me? Or are you too old? You didn't grow up on Say by the Bell, did you? Privileged kids. Uh, you said too old. That's all right. Yeah, you listen, you know, man, you don't have to filter. You don't have to filter with me. But one of my favorite lines from you so far in this show as we hit show number 32 today. Take a look in your pocket. You had it somewhere in your feed. You said, let's keep it a buck. Right. Yeah, that was just Let's keep it a buck. Yeah. All right. So you don't have to say, oh, it doesn't resonate with you. You said what you said the first time. Am I too old? Yes. Uh, old so you didn't, I'm too so, old. So you, didn't, so you didn't wake up Saturday morning then for Saved by the Bell on NBC. Like, this is pre-DVR. This is pre-on-demand. This is pre-binge-watching. This is pre-Netflix. This is like, yo, you woke up on Saturdays to Saved by the Bell. Or as the case may be, you ran home. You got a cell phone, a big, fat cell phone like Zach Morris. Yeah. Everybody wanted a Kelly Kapowski. Everybody remembers, I'm so excited. Like, bro, this is iconic. Yeah. This is an iconic moment Speaking in of pop iconic, culture to bring this show back. of iconic, the iconic rapper Black Thought said, I've been earning money since I was in the second grade, man. I've been working. As you were sitting there watching Safe by the Bell, <laughs> I was making money, okay? Hey, see you tomorrow, brother. Good show. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.